I'm Aaron. I'm Camille. And this is It's All Mahalo. Hey everybody, this week Camille and I talk about a lot of stuff as we begin this new semester. We talk about Camille's new ride, a stock pot that I just bought. We talk a lot about routines and rituals. We talk about loving yourself. And we talk about setting boundaries and passions. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Camille, it's you in the flesh. I am here, live and in person. And... I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia welcomes you home. I am happy to be back. You brought the warm weather with you, though. I did, but only for a couple of days, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Look at us talking about weather to start a conversation. Yeah, means wow. we're pretty bad at having so, conversations. <laughs> so unique. Oh, boy. Um, so you drove up from Florida, right? I drove down to Florida and back, my friend. We drove down. <laughs> yes, and we drove down drove together. And then, mother. Yes, I drove back with my with mother. With your mother. With my mother. And so I have a Jeep now. And I think why I'm most excited about having one is because of the freedom and the adventure that kind of comes with it. And maybe it's just symbol- something that symbolizes the car. But I, f- I feel like you and I both are going to really, really take advantage of that and really have a lot of cool adventures. And yeah. I think starting it off with you know, a road trip that was 19 hours long kicked it off on a good note. And so we're we're on an uphill battle here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The the Jeep is pretty cool. And then people wave to you and stuff. It's yes, like a whole community. But I'm so my sister can attest to this. I'm horrible at it because <laughs> when I wave to people, they're not looking at me and then when they're looking at me and waving, I forget to look at them look and at wave the back. I promise. It really should not be this hard. I don't know why. <laughs> I've been watching videos on YouTube from people um, that camp in their Jeeps and all this like really neat stuff. This one guy, he's just this nice guy. Uh, his his YouTube is Coyote Works and his Instagram is Coyote Works. So we'll tag him below. But he's just such a nice guy. And he just goes out and camps. And then he just started recording himself camping. And... Then he has this huge following, and then he had this like summit where all these people who camp in their jeeps got together wow. that he organized, huh. and it was like hundreds of people. Wait, that's actually it so was cool. really 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 cool. It was like hun- a hun- over a hundred jeeps that's like neat. that camped together yeah. and did like an overland expedition. It's yeah. like that. There are endless possibilities with a jeep mm-hmm. because the adventure just brings so much so much freedom um, and ex- exploration and yeah. Yeah, and I think also kind of. This is only what I've what I've seen from the past, you know, couple weeks of having it. But I feel like it also brings new people into your life without even realizing it. Because, mm-hmm. sure, I've only gotten the wave aspect of it as of this far. But I feel like you can also kind of have a segue into a conversation with someone who also has, has one. And kind of like Coyote Works from YouTube you were t- just telling about. Um, I think just having that this car kind of like allows a nice little segue into a, a great conversation and yeah. someone who also probably values that freedom connections. As well. Yes. Yeah. Connections with people because if you have an off-roading vehicle that says something about how you view the world, Yeah. you know, you, you know, this is, this is a place to be explored and a place to be treasured, mm-hmm. not just to, you know, be driven by. Yeah. And I, I'm so excited also because this means that I have no limits as to where I can go in terms of weather now. Yeah. Yeah, you and can so, four wheel. Mm-hmm, so I can go somewhere that has a lot of sun or a lot of snow and my car will be able to handle it. It'll work. Yes. 
Um, not to say that I would, did not appreciate the car I had before because I loved I loved both cars. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so let's get started. You recently bought a stock pot, my friend, and what was it for? <laughs> bone broth, <laughs> chicken bone broth. Honestly, so much bone broth. Too much. I I so. I have this book called Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon, mm-hmm. and it is a cookbook all about how to make whole foods meals. It's a whole foods cookbook. And basically, the premise of this cookbook and this way of living is to take everything from the animal um, or everything from the plant that, and, and use it in some way. Um, and so for Camille and I eat a lot of chicken legs. And so what we do is we eat the chicken legs because they're delicious and cheap and we save the bones Mm -hmm. in the freezer then once we get enough bones we um, put them in a pot with the whole chicken and some chicken feet and a lot of water and then we just cook it and if you cook it for long enough it turns into a stock and all the gelatin and and the collagen from the um, all the cartilage breaks and, and the bones break apart and it it's really good for you. It's really good for your intestines and for your bones and for your belly and your immune system and all that kind of stuff. So I've been making bone broth for a few years now and I've always been using like eight quart pots, six quart pots and using doing like two at once. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go buy a big pot. So I went to Walmart, bought a 16 quart pot. And if you've never seen a 16 quart pot, it is massive. <laughs> it is like the size of me. <laughs> it's like it's like so enormous and absurd. Um, and I made sixteen quarts of bone broth about, which is a lot. Yeah, it's but a lot. but it's like <laughs> it says something. We've been talking a lot about things and and having things that last. I'm gonna have that stock pot for a long time. Stainless mm-hmm. steel, even if those from Walmart, it's a good buy. It's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think aiming to get something that is a material object but trying to get the most use out of it and the most joy and energy out of it like we were talking about previously like this is something you're gonna have for a really long Mm -hmm. time you've been making bone broth for like three years four years now and i think every time you do it you always say something about you know how you're how it was a little complicated to use two pots and juggle the two and make sure that everything was going well in the two so i think this was like a perfect buy for you and perfect timing for it yeah and I mean, there's also other stuff I can do with it. It's not just chicken bone broth, but um, there's endless possibilities just like your Jeep. So if you buy something um, or you make an, a purchase with a lot of intention behind it, you you can plan on getting a lot of miles out of it or getting a lot of gallons or getting a lot of quarts or getting, you know, if you put a little bit more effort and instead of just getting, um, I could have got a 12 quart pot and it would have been fine, but still wouldn't have been quite what I really, really needed. So I got what I needed and it also is going to last me. So yeah, buy a stock pot, you know, there you go. Where, whatever the stock pot is in your life. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, probably something that yeah. you, that you could, that actually could make your life better. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think, you know, this is such a good season for us to differentiate what we need versus what we want. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I think you needed and not you wanted because that's something that's going to really help your immune system. It's going to really help your gut, your digestion, all that stuff that you just listed. But, you know, you did have to pay a little bit for it, but it, it comes with the, so many extra health benefits and just like well-being benefits that I think it's going to completely trump the negative of like whatever you had to pay to get it. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't that expensive. It was like 25 bucks. Oh, <laughs> I'm 
but okay, well, anyways, but at Bed Bath and Beyond, there was one that was 150 bucks. That I was like, whoa, that's a little much. But um, uh, yeah, so I'm ta- we're talking, making a big deal about 25 bucks. But like that was that was the best 25 bucks I've spent in a while. Mm-hmm. Like like aside from presents I bought for people and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah like. It just ah now I want to make I want to make stuff in it I want to make mm-hmm. soups and stocks and entertain and chili and all this other stuff so yeah. now and, I can and it brings that sense of community also mm-hmm. like what my car is gonna bring me this stock pot's gonna bring you a sense of community and it's gonna help you also host people yeah. that you are gonna one day have in your home every in good home. kitchen it says so it says it says this in nourishing traditions every good kitchen needs a good stock pot because you get so much use out of it and you know. The reason it, it it's because it's the same thing as Carpenter Camille making, <laughs> you know, do it yourself stuff and, and recreating things. It, you take these bones that were going to be left over and you make something out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to the farmer's market and bought chicken feet. I got a pound of chicken feet, which is like a whole quart for like three bucks. It's like that. People don't use that. If that mm-hmm. doesn't get purchased, they're going to get thrown away. Yeah. But they have so much good nourishing um invite vital energy in them that you know i got use out of them there you go all right so this was like a little bit lighter in our conversation for this week in our lists but we're gonna dive into something a little more deep that we had on our lists more deep (laughs) more deep anyways (laughs) deeper (laughs) so the first thing that i had on my list that was um a little deeper was the sense of routine and how I fell into my family's routine over break for 95% of my break, I would say. And then the couple days I've been back already to St. Joe's in Philly, I think my sense of routine has fallen back into, you know, what I've created for myself. So I think that since I've been back, having my own routine that I've created for myself has really helped me create a sense of stability not only in my like mental well-being but also just allowing myself to continue growing the relationships I have with all of my friends and with you since I've been back mm-hmm. and I don't know if you feel the same way since you've been back from break if you can talk a little bit more about yeah it, I I I totally agree when you are out of a routine or a ritual or a regular way of doing things you just you don't get as much done and, and it's like oh I have to do this today but because you don't have um, one hour in between class to get it done, you just put it off all day and then maybe don't even get it done. So mm-hmm. having um, a set routine, a set, I'm going to be here um, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and here on Tuesdays and Thursdays, yeah, it just helps you be more productive in life, and, and it helps you um, get your work done so that you can spend time with family. You know? Exactly. And, yeah. and I talk to a lot of people, like a lot of my friends on the team and everything, and everybody in college misses the routine. You know, it's great being home and stuff, but everybody to some degree misses having school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some people might take this as like a selfish comment, but I don't really necessarily think it's anything like that because, you know, I will say when when all of us are home, um, at least for me personally, we do have other obligations. It's not just us anymore, right? We have our family members. In my case, my grandparents were were visiting. And so I had to make sure that they were well taken care of. And out of my love, I wanted to be able to do that well for them. So I was there for them the majority of my break, which was wonderful. But I think that because I was there for them so much, I've lost that sense of self that I've talked about a lot um, on our previous episodes. And I think that since we've been back, or since I've been back, I've noticed a lot of 
positive benefits to my well-being. Okay, so uh, you're talking very vaguely. I want to know what kinds of things are in your routine. Like, what are some things that you do that you don't get to do at home? So, cooking for myself, a lot of the times, yeah, a lot of the times the grocery shopping will get done by my parents if I'm, you know, doing something else. And and here you get to buy your own food, cook your own food, know what you're going to eat and and plan out meals and you feel like you're in more control of your health. Exactly. Exactly. So, I want to kind of hone in on one one word you said, which was control. Mm -hmm. And I think losing a lot of the control when I'm home versus gaining a lot of it back when I'm here allows me to have more sense of stability in terms of how I'm feeling and what I can do throughout my day. Yeah. And it's tough because, um, it's not, it's so great when you can, you know, you go home and there's a bunch of different meals that, you know, maybe your parents cook or maybe you help cook and, Maybe it's not what you would normally eat, and then after it's like fine for a couple of days. Then after three weeks of it, you kind of get to the point where you're you're wishing that you could just have some chicken and rice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, so it, I think. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. So um, I think that was just one example, and I think another example is my exercising routine because yeah. I mean it's completely different. We don't have classes anymore. Um, we or we didn't have classes anymore for that time frame, and so my exercising routine was really out of whack because the first thing I would do in the morning was walk to my classes and And that automatically was already taken out because I didn't need to walk to my classes anymore. It was, I need to have breakfast for like an hour with my family. You know what I'm saying? So that hour time frame where I would get my movement in, I would get to my classes that was completely removed. Yeah. And this is tough because, um, you're talking about control over your schedule and everything and then Mm -hmm. not having control, and then it's still hard because, and we're so young and we're still working at this, but there's still some control you can have, mm-hmm. you know, it's like just because there are croissants out for breakfast doesn't mean you have to eat one. And that's, and that's really hard when you're home with family after a long, hard semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like what, what I fell into a lot was it's like, yeah, the, there are like these really nice chocolates, like just sitting on the counter and, oh, I did a workout today. Like I burned a bunch of calories. Yeah. I'll just have one. When, you know, I had control over that situation. I didn't have control over if the chocolates were there or not, but I had control over eating it. Yeah. And this is like the really hard part about about getting thrown out of your ritual or routine. Mm-hmm. It's it's knowing that you actually do have agency in those situations sometimes, probably more than you think. And then how can you take ownership of it? I haven't mastered it. You haven't mastered it. I have it. not as well, That's yes. a really, really hard lesson to learn, but I think there's there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, and I think we talked about this before too, just the sense of how we can regain control of our, our lives and how we can have the physical aspect of our health down pat, but we don't have the, or I personally don't have the, like the eating control part you know what i'm saying so if i continue to do all of my physical exercise and have that plan and that routine set Mm -hmm. in stone but i don't have the eating part so if the physical part kind of falls apart yeah then the eating part will also fall apart yes so yeah what you're saying is like you have the habit of exercise right and we were talking about this the other day when we were talking about following a program yeah it's like it's great when you can follow a a program like Mm -hmm. a training program 12 weeks four days a week, three days a week, whatever. Um, Because when you're in the program, you are, your metabolism is firing and you Mm -hmm. are so into it. 
but you end up eating whatever, whatever, because you can metabolize whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when the program ends, you're like, Oh good. That was so good. And then your habits didn't change. You're still eating whatever. Yeah. And then you kind of fall off because you, you haven't worked on those habits. Yeah. And so in a past podcast, we talked about, you got to take one step at a time. Yeah. So I don't know which one's better. I mean, it's, it's, it's so enticing to do both at once to do the exercise and the food. But I mean, I think what you're kind of doing is you've been back at school. It's near getting close to like a week now and you're starting to get the food down Mm -hmm. and then you're starting to throw a little bit of exercise in and movement. And so you're doing these small steps in a sustainable way. And that's the only way you can really make a change. And it's through those daily routines that you create for yourself. It's, it's the control you have over those routines that makes a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is also kind of a part of that self-care routine and knowing how to love myself. And I know that mm-hmm. you kind of wanted to go into that more. And so you can yeah. kind of take it away. <laughs> wow. This was a pretty big week um, in terms of learning about myself. I heard this podcast, again, Aubrey Marcus podcast with um, Ka- Kamal Ravikant. And it was it was one of the most important podcasts I think I've ever heard. Like it was so important to Aubrey to get this message out. He didn't have ads on the podcast. And so it was, it was like serious. And basically Kamal tells this great story and he was at a really low point and he was trying to figure out his life. And he, he just got out a pen and paper and wrote down whatever came to mind. And what he wrote was like, I love myself. And he just, he just wrote, I love myself. And he wrote some other things and it only took him like a minute. And then he realized after this really hard, he went through a breakup and he was really sick and, and a lot of bad things happened. Um, and he just wrote, I love myself. And he just saw those words on the paper and he's like, okay, maybe I don't actually love myself. Maybe I think I love myself, but I don't actually love myself. So how can I start to love myself? Well, how does anybody get good at anything? It's practice. It's routine. It's mm-hmm. a daily commitment to um, betterment and to, to like improvement. Like how does a basketball player get better at basketball? They practice all the time. So mm-hmm. he basically created this system where he like you can learn to love yourself by re- doing simple things. And there's four. And I'll, I'm going to share them if you don't mind. Go for it. So um, the first one is a mental loop. And basically what that means is just repeating over and over in your mind. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Basically you do it with, with the breath. So you can breathe in. And as you breathe in, you say, I love myself. And then you breathe out whatever comes, whatever, whether it be anxiety or worry or even gratitude, whatever comes, just breathe it out. And then you just kind of repeat that 10 times, or you could repeat it throughout your day. The next is a, a meditation. So you play a song um, you find a song that's very, very special to you, uh, preferably instrumental, and you you basically use it as an anchor. And so you do the mental loop and the breaths with I love myself during the song. And then every time you listen to that song in the morning or whenever you do your meditation, it's like you're anchoring yourself down into this position of actually loving yourself. And the, the third one is to um, look at a mirror for five minutes while doing the mental loop and look into your eyes and say, I love myself. I love myself. And, and the point there is, is to, to see what it feels like to be loved by yourself. That's what other people see when you love them. Um, 
And that's, we don't get that from ourselves. And the last one is to ask a question whenever you're in a tough situation. It's, if I loved myself, would I let myself experience this? Or if I loved myself, would I do this? And the question if is very important there. And basically, I heard this in the podcast and I was like, oh, that's cool. Great. Another guy just telling you to love yourself. And then I really listened to it. And it's so profound because it's so simple. And we don't, a lot of times we don't love ourselves and we don't remind ourselves that we love ourselves. And we don't really know what it's like to be loved by ourselves. We kind of go through life in this trying to please everybody kind of way. And really, like we forget who we are and we forget that we're worthy of love and we forget that we are capable of loving ourselves. So that's, and I got his, I got his book, which I'll link down below. I forget um, the exact title, but yeah. In one of my classes today, we talked a lot about the other. What is the other? Who is the other? And it's everything but ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But in a more profound way, it's who is God in relation to the other. The other can be the worms. The other can be the zebras. The other can be someone else but yourself. Human beings. Exactly. And so I think in the big point that you're trying trying to bring up, it's... I love myself, but also I th- something that I something that came to mind when you were talking about it is who is the other and how can we love the other as well as ourselves? Mm-hmm. It's like well we can't love the other until we love ourselves, right? That is the forgotten message. Yeah, and so I think that it's so important for us to love others, but as well love ourselves yeah. Yeah. first. Yeah, people forget this. Everybody forgets this. Every Sunday at Mass, people forget this. I'm telling you, I was sitting in church yesterday, because today's Monday. I was sitting in church yesterday, and the priest is saying all this great, meaningful stuff um, about loving other people and forgiving other people. And and I'm just thinking about Kamal and what he said, you know? And it, it doesn't make sense. How can you love somebody else if you don't love yourself? But because if you do love yourself and truly and deeply, as Kamal says, I love myself truly and deeply for, you know, I love myself. That's it. Point blank. That changes everything. Mm-hmm. If you actually come to come to grips with who you are in reality, who, who, who yourself is and recognize that no matter what mistakes or no matter anything, you love yourself through it. How how does that not shape your entire way of interacting with the world? And I definitely think, kind of to add on to your point, when you love yourself truly and deeply, it allows for that love to be passed around to other people. But if you don't love yourself and you aren't healing yourself from the inside out, how can you expect yourself to treat others with that same respect and dignity that you yourself deserve, mm-hmm. right? Because I've realized that recently a lot of the stuff I've been upset about and the way that people have treated me recently. I've, you know, I recently realized that maybe they're the ones that need the more healing than not than, than me maybe mm-hmm. in some ways, you know? Yeah. And so I think that if someone is treating me poorly, you know, the best thing for me to do is not to retaliate and argue with them and cause disagreement and cause, you know, irrational behavior on my part as well. Because if I allow myself to get upset all the time, which I have, mm-hmm. I need to 
catch myself before it happens and realize that maybe they're the ones that need healing and I also need healing. And if I retaliate, then it's showing where my weak spots are as well. If I love myself, what would I do now? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I heard this message and I like was stopped dead in my tracks because I recognized and and Kamal says this too. It's like, I, I really didn't, I don't, I don't practice loving myself. I don't, I never have. Um, and maybe it's our kind of like ego destroying, um, religious systems. I don't know what it is, but, but a lot of times it's, it's not about me. It's about the other and it's not about me, but the reality is you can't pour from an empty cup. I know that's an overused expression, but, um, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How, how do you have any clue what you would want done to you? Like if you don't, try it on yourself like how how can you love somebody if you don't love yourself and know what it's like to be loved and know what it's like to look into somebody's eyes who's loving you back how do you know you want that if you don't practice it and like this is so important mm-hmm. it, it's it it just is that simple yeah and i think it starts by asking the questions you know because I mean, at the same time, if you don't ask yourself questions or if you don't ask questions in general, how are you going to get to a deeper point of knowing who you truly are and who the relation the relation mm-hmm. you have to the other yeah. and the others around you? Uncomfortable questions. Yeah, exactly. Asking yourself uncomfortable questions like, have I been loving myself lately? Or, how have I been loving myself also? How, how have I not been loving myself? Yeah, because these are all questions. Yeah. And, you know, today I was also asked the question of um in regards to spirituality right because if so if if we are all on a spiritual quest and we are digging deeper for our spirituality to grow what does well first of all i guess what does spirituality mean to us right it's kind of looking for something higher to become our best self to grow deeper in love with ourselves and with others right Mm -hmm. and so if we are all on the spiritual quest how can we all ask ourselves how how we're getting there and if we're not doing enough what can we do to better ourselves right so i think i don't know i feel like these are all important questions but i noticed that the more questions that i am asked or the more questions i ask it leads to more and more questions but i feel like that's an okay thing right i i think it's so important i mean we're so lucky to be able to go to college and sit in classes and and Mm -hmm. get exposed to stuff but you know even outside of the classroom listening to podcasts and reading books being being open to new ideas Mm -hmm. allowing ideas to be exchanged in your mind for other ideas um this is this is how we advance as people because we actually do see another perspective and we do see oh maybe that is something i could think about Kamal talks a lot about forgiveness and forgiving yourself, how to forgive yourself, Mm -hmm. how to write down all the things that you are holding against yourself and then to release it by burning that paper or um, putting, throwing it in the ocean or something like that. It's like, I, I don't, I wouldn't have thought of doing that if I didn't hear somebody else do it. It's like, we're all on this journey together and we can help each other by ask, by um, asking the questions that other people have asked. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely think everyone has at least one other person in their, in their life that they can talk about and talk and reflect about everything that they see and hear in their daily life you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying i feel like you and i are both different in the sense that we like talking about what we learn mm-hmm. and we have a we are so grateful to have a platform to be able to do so yeah right but i think well you know what if someone doesn't have a podcast or a way like an outlet or something that they can do to get 
what they're learning out. I feel like just having someone to and creating that space with that at least one other person allows for so much more growth because you're also hearing their perspective and their point of view on what you learned. Yeah, and this is really tough because, I mean, it's easy for us to have a conversation like this because we've been together for three years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how does somebody who maybe doesn't have that many close friends do that? And, you know, that's that's a difficult situation, um, but there's hope. There's always hope. And, and I thought about this a lot. What if you haven't met your best friend yet? What if they're still out there? What if... You know, I think back, you know, to all my friends that I've made throughout my life and, and how many I've made and how many are still around. And I think, uh, you know, there's not the most, it's not the most that it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a few people that are really close to me still and that I've stayed close to, but how many of my best friends are still out there? You know, how many people are out there that are going to be my life allies that I haven't met yet? Like we follow all these people on Instagram, like Aubrey and Mike Posner and, and, all, and Jesse Itzler, like all these people are, are meeting each other now and they're like allies for life and mm-hmm. they are 40 and 30 and 50 years old. Yeah. And I also, I think, I think part of that is their willingness to be in a situation that makes them uncomfortable and yeah. knows that is a situation that is going to force them to grow. Right. And so not only grow with themselves, but grow with one another. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's also very special about what they, you know, going to Poland with Wim Hof and staying underneath an ice bath for 10 minutes, you know, that'll, I feel like that'll kind of trigger friendship, but that's, you know, unique to their, you know, situation. Yeah. And for people who don't understand that there's a group of, um, kind of like influencers and just really cool people mm-hmm. on Instagram, people who have podcasts, pe- artists, and, yeah, and they're pretty woke, <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, yeah. Woke people. And they all like took this trip to Poland, um, with the Iceman Wim Hof, who, who teaches people how to, um, endure really cold temperatures through the power of the mind, which is awesome. So we'll link all that kind of stuff down below. But the, the reality is that like you can't give up hope right? There are two forces that con- contradict in life. There's love and there's fear. And, and <laughs> that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> keep going. There's love and there's fear and love casts out fear. Just like l- light shines in the darkness, love casts out fear. There are these two forces. And when you are uncomfortable, you're uncomfortable because you're probably afraid. You're afraid of something. And Kamal talks about this a lot. A lot of times those fears are just hallucinations mm-hmm. that they're, they're not real. But what is real is the love you have for yourself, which can cast out that fear and help you to move in the direction of your dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of fear is rooted in, in ultimately death, right? Like the fear of like not sure. having life after death. And this is again, what we talked about a lot in class today, but the two, again, like what you just mentioned is like, the the mystery within it all and the not knowing and the Mm -hmm. uncertainty is Mm -hmm. what causes a lot of that fear so yeah i just wanted to bring yeah people don't know what happens and therefore they are afraid Mm -hmm. but what if people didn't know what happens and therefore they loved what if instead of being afraid of what happens after you die you love yourself right now and you don't worry about that because that'll come yeah, you know? well, all we have is the present. So I and yeah, again, very cliche of us or of me to say, but I think when 
once you really truly sit with that and realize that it changes everything yeah and the stuff that we're saying is cliche and it's been said a thousand times over but maybe because it's true you know it's like i love myself that's so simple oh i get it i love myself you know it's like it it's so obvious but it's so simple and there's so much truth in the simplicity and i feel like I've heard it recently a lot in terms of, like, joking, right? A lot of people say, well, I love myself. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, but do you really love yourself? Because I feel like there's so much more that goes into it instead of just saying those words, I love myself. And a person is known by their actions. And if you aren't, aren't, how can you, how can you really know that you love yourself? If you say, oh, I love myself. Oh, I love myself. Well, here's what's going to happen. Kamal says you're going to start coasting. You're going to get into this place where you're like, yeah, I love myself. I don't have to remind myself of this every day, right? It's like I don't have to do, keep doing this breathing exercise. I don't have to do this meditation because I know I love myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you're you're going to get back into the same patterns of not loving yourself. And you're actually going to fall out of love with yourself. He says, say I love myself even if you don't believe it. Because we, we do we do that. You sometimes, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror and, and it's like you just don't feel like you're worthy of being loved. But the reality is that if you love yourself then anything is possible you can love anybody else and you you can make a difference in any way yeah and i think that i feel like the big difficult part in the saying i love myself and the healing part of it is just that i feel like it also comes with the uncertainty of we barely even know ourselves, right? Yeah. Unless we sit with ourselves and try to figure ourselves out. Mm-hmm. So it comes with the piece of, if I don't know who I am, how can I love myself? Mm-hmm. But if you sit with that more and more, and you learn more and more about yourself, you're forced to fall into the... You're forced to fall in love with yourself, pretty much, because... Mm-hmm. You're really awesome. You realize that you're really awesome. You're a human being living on Earth, and it's you're so lucky to be here. And you sit and you get to know yourself and you really love yourself for who you are. Because the reality is you're, you are the only person that can blow your nose or wipe your butt or feed you or make sure you have enough water to drink. Like you are the only person. You are your best friend. And it's hard to recognize that unless you sit down and realize that you actually do love yourself. And I don't know. I know we're talking a lot about this and we're saying a lot of things um, that might be obvious or maybe it sounds like we're rambling. But, you know, this is this is us trying to figure this thing out. I just heard about this a few days ago. I just (laughs) thought about loving myself. And, you know, I have been thinking about how to reinvent my morning rituals and morning routines. I've gotten to a pretty bad habit of waking up and looking at like Instagram and stuff. And I don't want to do that. I, I want to wake up and I want to have a meditation. So I kind of made um, some morning and evening rituals. I, I like to call them rituals instead of routines at the bookend of my day because I feel like that's kind of my sacred time to myself. Um, and so I, I have these rituals now and I'm going to start incorporating some of this stuff in, the, the breaths and the I love myself just to set the pace for my day. I think the part where you mentioned that you don't want to go on Instagram first thing in the morning is important, but I think it's also important to say that it's not necessarily bad to go on Instagram in the morning when you wake up, but it's the length of time you choose to be on Instagram when you wake up, right? So it's also setting boundaries for yourself and knowing when too much 
when it's too much for yourself. Yeah, right? and, and so for me, one second is too much for myself. Mm-hmm. I know that because as soon as I get on there, it's hard for me to get off. But also I get into this like I, I, that should be my me time and then I, I'm making it the other time. Mm-hmm. That should be the time when I'm remembering that I love myself and I'm remembering who I am and I'm being with myself because that's a sacred time when I wake up and before I go to bed. But instead, I'm sitting there wondering what other people are doing. Yeah, exactly. So that's my boundary, but yeah. Yeah, I think boundaries in general is just really important because if you don't set those, you know, make that time to remind yourself that you love yourself, it also kind of leads to the lack of routine eventually that evolves from it, the lack of self-care, the lack of X, Y, Z, keep going, What what do you mean by boundaries? Like, give me a concrete example of a boundary. That you make for yourself. A boundary I've been setting for myself is making sure that I have time by myself. Just so, time to to be with yourself. Yeah, literally just time to be by myself. Because if I don't, if I don't set aside time to be by myself and recharge my my batteries, <laughs> <laughs> then I can't be at my full one hundred percent best self when I'm with other people. So how does that look? Is that a weekly thing? Is that a daily thing? Um. Initially, it used to be a daily, or it used to be a weekly thing, but it's more so recently become a daily thing. So I've upped the frequency of mm-hmm. how often I am by myself because I noticed that if I don't do that, I snap a lot, mm-hmm. and not even in terms of like being angry. Sometimes I will get angry, as you've witnessed, <laughs> but also just getting upset more often or not being as happy as I know that I could be you're, if I just gave myself a couple extra minutes every day. You're ungrounded. Exactly. Yeah, and you're kind of just like an untethered ball, you know? You're just kind of like rolling around in the oblivion. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing as meditating with your two feet on the ground and your palms up to the, up to the sky, up to the ceiling, whatever. If I don't have that time to myself, my feet are in the air and my hands are pointed down. <laughs> Oh my god, I've never heard anybody say those words. Okay, well, you did today. <laughs> wow. And if you can picture it, it's just as bad as it sounds. Wow. Yeah, I think I think what we we touched on some pretty important things, you know, especially in the beginning of a semester, beginning of a year. Um how can we create sustainable lifestyle? But not just like to say I'm this sustainable person. I'm a um, I'm on top of this. I'm in control of my own life. Like, go get them. You know, it's like life is good and I'm great. Whatever. All, all this. It's not this fake motivation stuff. It's, it's this stuff is concrete. It's real. You are a human being. You deserve to be loved. The first person that should love you is yourself. You can't expect love from anybody else unless you love yourself first. Yeah. And then that carries into everything you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that this like ways of doing all of these things definitely differs from person to person but again if you take the time to be with yourself and set in those rituals that you can have on a daily basis then you'll get to a point where you'll notice and you'll know more about yourself to know what you really need on a day-to-day basis yeah and that could be anything from cooking by yourself if you really love to cook or singing or doing a thing on your computer whatever that thing whatever you do whatever your thing is <laughs> yeah whatever your thing is yeah today in class sorry i'm talking a lot about class but today in class we were asked what our passion is and a lot of people in class that they don't have a passion yet 
which is totally fine. But that shows. I know that's and every single person has a passion, whether they don't think it's a passion or they like something. But everyone exactly, everyone likes something. But maybe they don't. Oh, that's a tragedy because maybe they don't. So and so many people said that they don't have a passion, and some people said they don't have a passion yet, which is a little bit different in terms of wording and meaning. What is? But I mean, what do they do? They just watch Netflix. I don't know. I don't understand that. I don't know. I don't know them. I can't judge them. But I'm just saying, yeah. if hmm. those are their words and they say that they don't have a passion, I feel like th- their words are, sh- unless they just really didn't want to share and they were really shy and just, you know, they whatever. Like knitting but. and they didn't want to <laughs> be the person. <laughs> hey, no judgment. Like, I used to knit. Hey, knitting frequently. is cool. Hey, I, I'm all about knitting. Some people are probably like, oh, I don't want to tell people I knit. Yeah. But. I think that goes to show that maybe they just need to spend a little bit more time with themselves on a day day to day basis to know what the, those passions are. Yeah, creating a system to get to know yourself. So Camille, what is something that you learned this past week that you can take with you in gratitude? Something I learned this past week that I can take with my my future self in gratitude. Nice full sentence. You make fun of me for this all the time. Uh, I I say it again so that I can really retain the words. Uh, Anyways, something I'm really grateful for is the ability to put myself in a situation to learn more. And I realized this because over break, I was actually really excited to get back to classes. And maybe it was a lack of routine that I subconsciously did not realize that I did not have over break. But I'm really excited to learn some more this semester. We got off on a great note and I was just very, very happy all day to be in class and seeing my friends. What classes are you taking this semester so that the listeners can kind of know what we might be talking about? I'm taking a sociology of law class, an encountering mystery class, nice. motivational psychology, advanced Whoa. research methods and statistics too. Whoa. And brain. directed studies, which is pretty much thesis writing okay nice what are you taking um i'm taking anatomy and physiology too um food in american history super pumped for that taking theories of disease prevention management we'll see about that one um my ihs capstone which is some like research stuff for my health services major and christianity and evidence which I'm pumped about. It's a philosophy course. So nice. really cool. Um, something that I'm gonna I'm grateful for that I learned this past week was about loving myself. And I'm gonna I'll keep everybody posted about how my um, morning and evening rituals go. Keep it going. Keep it going. It's the beginning of a new semester and we are on fire. Fire. Camille, thanks for a conversation. <laughs> thanks, Aaron. It's all mahalo. It is all mahalo, everyone. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to another installation of It's All Mahalo. If you enjoyed this podcast at all, we would really, really appreciate if you gave it a rating and a review. It's really important for us early podcasters to get a lot of support from our listeners. And please, more importantly than anything, send this to your friends. Send it to everybody you know. Help us grow this podcast and get this fun project out to as many people as possible. So thank you again, everybody, for listening. We love you, and we can't wait to see you next week.